Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to this Adventure X 2023 special of the Adventure Games Podcast, where we're going to be talking about not surprisingly, Adventure X. Um, I'm here with three good friends of mine, with four people to, uh, today on this episode. It's a particular record. Um, first of all, I'm joined by uh, Matt Layman, L- Latham. Uh, let me start again. Matt Latham from the Enemy Podcast. Ask us about Lou. We've been trying to destroy each other's podcast. Not doing a very good job of that. I think we're <laughs> helping yeah, each other's podcast. You certainly helped this podcast. So The only reason I'm here is because I'm trapped in a cage. So... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> trapped in a cage yeah of emotion yeah go on oh. let me leave <laughs> oh well no, yes yes thank you for having me thanks for being gracious to let me in and try and destroy this from within so yeah well you were at uh adventure x we're we getting your thoughts on adventure x in just a moment mm-hmm. also joined by kieran hello kieran Hello. Yeah, and I've I've never contributed to any other podcast. So Oh, you're loyal I, to the I end. Am loyal to Shorter's vision. Thank you. <laughs> very very loyalty will get you places. And uh and I was joined by Laura, who not only has her own Twitch stream, but has tr- surpassed the Adventure Games podcast in popularity and guests, and you're also do stuff Have for I? the Adventure <laughs> Games podcast. But what you've had, you know, so but if you had guests like Ron Gilbert, Tim oh, Schaefer right. <laughs> and uh, you have ads now in your YouTube channel, I see. So That's you true. know you've yeah. made it then. Oh, I'm still not getting the money in. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a long way off. <laughs> oh well. Now Thomas uh, is a joiner today because unfortunately he couldn't make it to Adventure X this year, but hopefully he can make it uh, to Adventure X next year, and hopefully he'll be in the next recording, um, whenever that will be. Um, but yes. Yeah, so shall we start talking about Adventure X and the demos? Um, yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. First of all, briefly, um, Matt, this was your first time at Adventure X. Uh, what what were your thoughts on it? Was it what you expected, or just in general? The what what were your thoughts on Adventure X as a whole? Your first time. Um, my kind of experience with Adventure X at the moment is that I pretty much spent like the last three or four that have been on watching the Twitch screen the Twitch streams. So I pretty much only really had an idea of the talks uh, or the, the, the visitors and like the odd adverts and stuff. So um, and I knew those games and stuff, but um, yeah, my first, I mean, so I've been wanting to go for, for years. Um, and the first, my, my first one is that it's slightly smaller, but than I expected it to be, but also quite busy and, amazingly i didn't fit, feel like i didn't fit i didn't fit everything in two days and also i only saw two talks i thought it, i'd be in and out in and out in and out but yeah that's uh yeah the kind of whiplash of like just being caught in just like talking to the developers and playing the demos and then realizing oh crap i missed charles cecil and yeah, it's no it's quite it's quite hectic, isn't it? It's uh, you don't yeah. think so. It's small and it takes only two days, but there's a lot crammed in those two days and nights. Um, at, at the after parties, and then Friday, some of us started early as well. Friday night. Um, yeah, but the, uh, 
the the thing I found really interesting, like kind of really interesting and quite nice to have is the fact that the lanyard you had and people could write down where they're from or their names and things and stuff and it it's very good but also kind of creepy when you've got people just and people listening can't see this but people just like staring at people's stomachs trying to read mm. and it looks quite, and everyone's just like kind of squinting trying to make out what people are and saying they goes oh i recognize that twitch name i goes oh that's adventure gang geek from uh adventure hotspot and stuff and like oh it's what's his name from backseat designers and stuff and it's I recognize that name as well and it's just it's nice to have it's just like very just like you get this kind of weird transition period where you can kind of see people staring at your lanyard trying to work <laughs> yeah maybe we could have name tags but then you still be staring at, at people's like the you put them a bit the higher up though <laughs> yeah or maybe on our foreheads <laughs> well, um, if you want to start that trend <laughs> i'm sure it'd be no we need to go wrong like, at all the old school like you know where trilby's where they had the like the little piece of paper with the word press on it Yes. Everyone has to wear trilbies, but we like the logos of what they're involved in. So, like, but... <laughs> or a sash, like the like the brownies or guides or whatever, whatever. Where like they have like the little patches on a little sash, so you just have like what you're involved in on that as well. So, yeah, no, but it, it it is it is right that it's kind of because we're at least I recognize maybe people either their voices or their uh you know or their. Uh, their names online on Discord and that, but I don't know many people's faces. And the same with developers and it's people. It's really hard. And it's and then I was like, oh, you guys made Stasis, and I spoke to them on the podcast a few uh, years ago, but I, I think it was just audio. And then I said, oh, yeah, I know you guys. Mm. Um, and then, I kept getting into situations where because everyone's so friendly, yes. I, you know, people would go up to me and be like, oh, hey. And I wouldn't know who they were. And I'd be like, oh, hello. And then I'd be like, do I know this person? <laughs> and I think one person thought I was a developer because then she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get to try your game. And I was like, oh, it's OK. <laughs> you should have told like, them to okay. wish list. <laughs> they didn't yeah. ask you what it was about <laughs> thankfully she had to leave so I, I was like oh i can't carry this on but she left but that is the problem of yeah i agree the same well, thing but i mean it's a good problem to have especially but... when you're a celebrity now laura you uh <laughs> yes, okay. just i didn't give a i didn't give a you know a that, speech or i wasn't that, on the i wasn't on a that, panel that so is I true we shall talk you. about that uh we shall talk about that uh very <laughs> shortly um, but uh, but yeah, and Kieran, what what are your thoughts as well? Be- very briefly, before we talk about our favorite demos, yeah, I think it's wonderful. It's it's always it always is one of the highlights of my year. It's such a yeah. fun time, and a thing that you might not realize if you just check the website and play some of the demos, or if you watch the the talks, is that aspect of everyone's really friendly. Everyone everyone talks to people. I've talked to so many people I'd I'd never never met before. And everyone has the same points of reference. So you can, it's easy to forget that in, in, in the real world, people don't know Monkey Island. People have never heard of these games. What you mean normal they don't. people? <laughs> normal uh, people don't know. Them. Yeah. Well, I think they're a bit weird not knowing Monkey Island. Uh, <laughs> true, true, true. But Adventure X, people, people know about this stuff and they're excited about it and they want to talk about it and they've got thoughts and you get to hear and, and discuss and it's, it's just great fun. Yeah, Isn't what? It- Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I think there's always something where you find kind of like niche seems a bit too weak a word for Avenger Gaming, but um, like when you've got someone who's got, where, where like there's like a specialist interest in something and you get a collective of people in the same thing and you've got the, you kind of like, 
you can you're free to kind of have like run wild on that part of yourself where like um you try and bring up like adventure games and narrative games or something goes oh call of duty no not like call of duty yeah exactly oh, okay <laughs> oh do you play fifa no i don't play fifa um whereas like you go where you say like oh did you play well is it Excavation of Hoss Barrow. Yes, yes, I created it. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The, as you say, everyone is really friendly, but uh, Kieran, you stood out on Saturday. <laughs> I did? Why? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You uh, you, you kind of, I think it was another personality of yours um, <laughs> that uh, you had a very big head. <laughs> yeah, so this is... <laughs> you, oh, you, your you. character, <laughs> you, you were dressed as a character. I need to stress yes, that. I, uh, yeah, I... I, I, I I turned up, um, I, I was dressed as Paradigm on the first day. Um, and then this is another aspect of it. In I think when I was uh, walking around in London, I don't think anyone recognised me, but Adventure X, pretty much everyone did. And that was that was great fun. The This year, there were three people dressed up as characters, which was pretty cool. Um, so I'm hoping might see even more in future. Um, who was the third person? I know, um, who was it that was dressed as... Uh... It's Mr. Bateman. Yeah. Yeah, Thomasina. Yeah, there was, there Thomas was Thomasina and and uh, Tom Hardridge was was. Um, oh yes, yes, his own character. And we'll be uh, we'll be talking about that later, I think. Yeah, it's like the kind uh, of thing where, like you say, do ba- should bands wear their own merch on stage? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think all all devs, in order to in order to exhibit at Adventure X, they should have to dress as their characters. <laughs> Yeah, that, the devel- that, would, that would be a wonderful scene. Oh, absolutely. Into, I'm all for it. I think the, the developers of Sid Journey, which we'll talk about as well, should dress as the, the dinosaur. <laughs> developers of Cabernet should dress as vampires. I think we should start a trend here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, huge thank you to mainly Amy and Tom for pretty much organizing the vast majority of it. And uh, lovely people as well, and they did a fantastic job. It is and all the volunteers, and all the well. volunteers, everyone there, and the security as well. I felt, at least, I felt very safe there as well. And uh, yeah, it's a fantastic event. So uh, let's get right into it. So there were a number of demos. Now I only played uh, one demo in the first day. Um, I was a little bit busy, as you said. You're just walking around talking to people as well, and um, and uh, but yes, yeah, so. But you guys played some of the demos as well. So who wants to start? Does anybody want to volunteer to start? Uh, or do I have to pick someone out? This feels like we're in class. I don't feel like I'm a teacher now. Share it, share it with everyone. <laughs> okay, well, sh- shall we start? See, Laura, he, gets, he, he, get, he gets one taste of moderating and I, now he just I know, wants now to... it just goes to my head. My, my head feels as big as, uh, as Kieran's character on Saturday. <laughs> he, can't get, he can't get the moderating bug out his head now. <laughs> well, well, look, just so we can hear from someone else, um, <laughs> Laura, a game that I didn't get the chance to play, speaking of Tom Hardwich, you played his game, uh, yes. or the demo of his game, uh, so tell us about it, so what's the name of the game and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, the name is Air of the Dog. Now, I got this wrong because uh, this is a game I've actually played before when it was a game jam uh, game that Tom made in 2020 called Hair of the Dog. And it's still got the same premise and it's clearly an idea that he really loved. And now he's making it into a full game. And the idea is, and if, you, if you've heard the name Tom Harwood and you don't know who that is, uh, he has uh, he made Lucy Dreaming, which is a really great click adventure game. Um, and yeah, and this is, it's set in Victoria in London it's a it's another traditional point and click adventure game it's got a kind of Jekyll and Hyde uh style uh the idea is you play this guy Cumberbund Bandersnatch 
Um, he drinks his uncle's secret formula. He thinks it's it's going to bring him animal magnetism uh, and make him really attractive to the ladies. Uh, it actually turns him just into an animal. He becomes this beast. Um, and in the nighttime, he's a beast. And in the daytime, he turns back into his human self. And much like, as we did mention uh, at, when we saw Tom, much like with Lucy dreaming where there's switching between the dream world and reality, in this, you switch back and forth uh, using your little stopwatch, uh, your pocket watch, um, between being the beast and as the beast, you can sniff things. You've got a strong uh, strength. You can pick things up and then you could switch and, and be a human again. And in the demo, you're trying to break this curse. But, um, you know, without spotting too much, obviously, it doesn't go to plan because in the full game, you are still having to switch between a beast and, you know, there's more to it than that. And, you know, I had a quick chat with Tom and he sort of mentioned there's going to be things like secret societies and missing people and all these kind of fun stuff that you got to solve. But yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I, I love Tom's sense of humor. I think he's a really funny guy. And, you know, there's more of that humor in this. There's, um, you know, really sort of interesting, fun puzzles to solve. Uh, and I just feel like if you like traditional sort of point and click adventure games, those kind of classic games, you're going to love this. It's, you know, it's got all, all the fun uh, of, you know, being in a sort of fun setting of Victorian London. There's all these kind of meat, like references to like Sweeney Todd and things like that. So, yeah, if you, if you like that kind of bit of humor, also great puzzles. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great one to check out. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks beautiful as well. It's, um, believe it, is it pixel art again? It still looks a little bit different to Lucy Dreaming. I don't know if, um, it's kind of similar, but not exactly the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, what what did you guys think? Did you guys play that, that game as well? The demo, uh, Kieran? Did I, you play it as well? I, I, I think, played a tiny amount of this and I already just loved it. It was that that dual reality mm. sort of mechanic that, that, um, I suppose it was it was there in Day of the Tentacle where you do something in one timeline and it changes something in another and you have that joy of discovering what you've done in the future from what you've done in the past. And that was there in Lucy Dreaming. When you do something in the awake world, it affects the sleeping world. And I could already feel that coming out here as well. And it's just so fun because it it enables more difficult puzzles because you've got to keep track of two versions of reality at the same time. But it's also really, you do something in one version and you're thinking, what effect is this going to have? And then you move the, the clock forward in Air of the Dog and, and you see the effect it has. And it's just a great, really fun bit of um, a bit of uh, game mechanic. Um, it really works well. And, and Tom Harbridge has, has mastered it. And yeah. the thing is, as well, you don't have to, you know, it's not just your switching character. Like Kieran says, the, the entire scene changes as well because it's between day and night. So there'll be different dialogue options. You know, you know, a guy is selling sweets in the daytime and then he's selling something else in the nighttime. So it's not just like, oh, I'm, you know, I've got a different character. It's actually everything has changed, which, which is, you know, a lot of extra work. Mm, but yeah. yeah. So, uh, sorry, Matt, you got to say as well? Um, yeah, and one of the things I think I'm getting from, I got from that, and um, when I I spoke to Tom about Tom about this as well, is that I think the visually it does share the same kind of UI, the kind of the GUI GUI as 
um, Lucy Dreaming and the graphical. There is a kind of similarity in the graphical style, and I think what he, I think what he's managed to do is like create a, a very kind of distinctive look. So, like you know, in the past where you've got like, oh, that's a Sierra game, oh, that's a LucasArts game, he's managed to kind of craft a mm. kind of unique identity already two games in. So you can look at it and go, oh, that's Tall Stories, um, and he's managed to do that. And the with the, the same level of sense of humor and um, there's a, a very kind of sense of british whimsy that was in lucy dreaming and a lot of kind of very kind of very cheap but very kind of witty hilarious like puns um and stuff <laughs> and I, I even said to him that i still i still giggle at the thought of the the twix parody twap twax which i think which i think is hilarious but there's all but there's stuff like that all the way through mm. Um, no, he's Ed he's very well. very funny and very very clever as well, you know. And he's already made a name for himself after one game, and now this game, I I I have a feeling it'll be another hit. I think he's yeah, and I mean, I could have probably just stood there chatting to him for an hour. He's very easy to talk to. He's very likable. He's it's a he's a he's got he's a character, but he's a very likable character. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Then, and yeah. So I think he's warmed himself to the community. Adventure game community. Uh, yeah, so he's like one of the the new rock star on horizon. <laughs> oh, well, Shorsha, your your mum liked him. Yes. Yeah, so when we talk about <laughs> that boring, <laughs> I mean that sounds. Just uh, gonna leave that there. Just gonna leave that there. Uh, we'll talk more about um, because he was on a panel which I moderated as well, which I'll talk about, which we'll talk very briefly about later on. But uh, definitely, he's uh, warms up to the community. We've all warmed to him. He's a lovely guy, and his games. Well, his first game, Lucy Dreaming, was a hit last year. And uh, this game, Air Dog, will be out in 2025, I think. So giving himself more time. So at least he's not unrealistic with, uh, uh, like, it's not coming out in, like, three months. Oh, so he think he knows that making games takes a long time. Um, so that is Air of the Dog. Uh, for something a bit different, Kieran, you played, uh, I believe, something very different called Windrush Tales. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so... Um... Uh, a quick history lesson, because um, it forms the backdrop of this um, this game. Um, so after after World War Two, um, there was a, a labour shortage in in the UK, and the the Windrush um, was a boat which brought um, immigrants from the Caribbean um, to the UK, um, and uh, the one of the devs of this uh, game, Shella, um, in her in her talk actually. Um, mentioned that this is this is a very uh, this is like a classic tale so why has it not been told it's about a, it's about a group of people who, who get on a boat and travel to a, a land that they don't necessarily know yet and it's full of um, ambition and hope and also some apprehension and they might not encounter what they expect um, and so why has it not been told in the game yet and and this um, is a piece of interactive fiction which aims to to tell that story and I played it for a um, only a short amount, um, and you didn't actually get to the end of the, de the demo. Um, but already in the, in the short amount that I played, I thought it was told incredibly well. This really, really impressed me. Um, so the the basis of this this game is that you are exploring the experiences of a, a brother and sister who travels to the UK from Antigua, um, and you're exploring their experiences through a series of photos. And scenes play out related to these photos, um, and you can make some choices about in a typical interactive fiction style um, about how you might like a, a scene to play out. Um, the um, 
the writing really very well establishes the the sense of uh, warmth and joy um, within the community very early on um, in, in my playthrough I um, went to a, a sort of a party a really just a gathering um, with uh, a, no a number of um, uh, Caribbean characters and everyone everyone was talking and there was, there was music and the the color really came out of the the writing and the way that everyone was written with the speech patterns even though there's no voice acting i could hear everyone was talking to it it was really really um it put a smile on my face it was a really uh, positive scene and then something very uh, negative happens something really horrible happens and you can feel this anxiety start to seep in through the writing and um, because of course the uh, even though the UK was was viewed as a, as a, a place of hope, um, where you might be, uh, there might be aspiration, there might be a chance to to build very good life, um, it didn't always live up to um, what was expected, and those experiences with with bigotry and with racism um, seem to be explored in the game as well. I really love this. I I'm absolutely going to play this when it comes out. Um, it, yeah, it really, really impressed me. Yeah, I didn't uh, finish it, uh, not because I didn't like it, but because there were so many demos. And what I did this year is I gave them 15, 20 minutes. And usually I thought, okay, I know if I want to play this more or not after 15, 20 minutes. And this game, I thought, okay, I don't want to spoil any more of it. I want to be surprised when the game comes out. And uh, I, would, I think I'll definitely be uh, getting it and hopefully playing it when it uh, comes out as well but yeah no it was again it felt very authentic as well and it's about you know people and about something that I don't know much about myself so I'm always wanting to learn more about people from different parts of the world as well and their experiences um, as well so uh, yeah I don't know if you have any uh, well brief thoughts uh, Matt and Laura because I know we're uh short on I, time i like the music i thought the music yeah. was great which is obviously felt it helps with the authenticity it's kind of like you know kind of calypso style what you might expect um but it, uh, yeah it, it didn't feel like it was kind of forced mm. because of of the story it was telling it, it it fitted and i think that's because it was quite well written as well all the the different scenes that you go through as you're exploring the the photo album of, of these memories yeah yeah, yeah. Same. I have nothing I can really add to what, apart from what um, Kieran and Laura have said. Um, I really like the art style. I think there's a kind mm. of like, um, like a nice kind of like art style to it. And I think it kind of, which kind of lulls you into a kind of false security because I think as you're playing the demo, you kind of like this like gentle kind of like interaction with this other party guests, and then I think the inciting incident starts kicking towards the end of the demo. Um, so again, like you kind of have that kind of like oh. I like fear in the back of your mind that something's going to swerve. You're waiting for the kind of rug pull, and I think it's quite. I think it's quite the kind of tension of that's done quite well, particularly when you're faced with something that's quite gentle and nice. Mm. And then, so that bit's a lot more effective. And then it's that's bit. <laughs> it's also the bit where the demo ends, and you're like, "Damn it." <laughs> I'm gonna have to play this now. Which, to be fair, is probably the mark of a really good demo. <laughs> yeah, I think so. If if it leaves you wanting more, um, and I didn't even get to the end of the demo, but I thought, yeah, I definitely want to play more. So, 
Uh, yesterday, Windrush Tales. We don't have a release that I don't believe yet, but um, hopefully very soon. And uh, yeah, it's also from the developers of Before I Forget, which was uh, nominated for a BAFTA, I believe. Oh, um, you still need to play that. That's yeah, me, me too. It's a good game. It's a good game. I, I really cool. want to play that. Uh, well, the next game, this I played a, a demo. Now, this was available at AdventureX. I didn't get a chance to play it at AdventureX. The developers were kind enough to send me a demo of it um, as well. I believe it might be available online, but the demo I played was Cabernet. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is uh, where you play as a vampire. Um, you, you, were, uh, you were studying medicine and then you wake up and uh you fight you just walk around the uh, residence and then you're in your nightdress first of all and then you find out that oh you don't see yourself in a reflection you don't have recollections of what happened and then there's this kind of gathering this kind of social gathering and people are drinking certain drink and they offer it to you and then you find out what is what is happening and it turns out that you have been turned into a vampire um and now this Spoilers. is another... oh sorry well yeah sorry spoiler this vampire game you That's are a joke <laughs> you are a vampire uh also the first you also turn out to to be dead i don't know if that's a spoiler as well <laughs> or undead oh my um, god <laughs> yeah you can, no point playing it now this is the end no I'm kidding i really really liked uh this demo this is another game i didn't finish the, the to the end because again i thought it kept the demo kept going and i thought i don't want to spoil it more this is a game that i think i'll definitely be playing when it comes out um next year but i love the the look of the game i love the the 2d graphics and the portraits of the people of the characters in this game it it really really looks absolutely beautiful um the, the voice act the acting as well uh, especially for the main character, um, you know, with their dry, it's quite times it's it's quite funny. The demo was uh, when they're talking with humans and one of the characters says, oh, I've got nothing against humans. Some of my best friends are humans. <laughs> and just, <laughs> just lines of dialogue like that. And you're still not really sure what's happening. Um, although you kind of know more than the main character at the beginning, but you're beginning to realize it's kind of like, this, they call it an RPG. Then you have, mm. you build relationships with the uh, other characters uh depending on your uh re responses to the characters uh the music was really good as well i didn't get i believe you can turn into a bat as well you can the, so I, I didn't did get to that part finish it and it is it was a pretty long demo but yeah so you you've got some powers that you so you could turn into a bat and fly around there's another power where you can uh kind of control humans um uh and like you said it's an rpg so there's choices with dialogue there's choices with your morality you can choose more nihilistic choices or hum humane choices which is kind of fun so yeah and and you've got to keep your blood counter up because you're a vampire so you've got to choose who, who you're gonna next draw blood from <laughs> <laughs> this was one of my highlights of adventure x I absolutely love this. I sat down, played the demo, finished the demo, finished the demo. Uh, it flew by, and then realised that half an hour went past. <laughs> I I just lost track of time. What playing? I was just enthralled in it to the point where the vampire powers of enthralled was probably on me playing the game. But, yeah, so they, they got yeah, your teeth. They but, sunk their teeth into you. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Woke up with the craving, but not for blood for Gabonet. Um But the, but yeah. So he uh, said you got the kind of special powers playing as a vampire. Um, 
there's like you know, like relationships that can change between certain characters. But um, from what I was talking to the devs, I think the main kind of idea that they want to they want to cover with the game is addiction, uh, and pure like primarily um, alcohol addiction, which is like so the idea of cabernet is like presented as like a kind of there's references of it being like mixed like a wine mixed in with blood and stuff. But mm. I think the idea is to kind of explore with the, anal- the analogy of blood. Uh, like alcohol addiction and i think and there's not much of that seed into the demo but you can kind of see the foundations of that and i'm really interested to see how they tackle that as the story goes on and particularly how the gameplay mechanic is that you have to kind of keep blood count up um so like you have to have blood in order to survive um so i'm really interested in seeing how that develops through that and you know kind of very interesting very well crafted kind of demo that was done and i again another one i wish would continue continued but like <laughs> i i was there i'm like oh but yeah half an hour is gone i'm pretty sure i only just sat down and it is <laughs> worth saying you were talking about the voice acting there samantha bayart who was thomasina uh in uh the Excav- excavation of hobbs barrow and of course carlac in Baldur's gate 3 is in cabernet as well she's oh that's who it was She's not the main. She's not the main oh, uh, actor, but she is in. She and you do encounter her in the demo. But yeah, like, I mean, I I think they all do a, a good job. Yeah, yeah. The actors. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, that is Cabernet. So we can sink our teeth into this in twenty twenty four. I believe. Um. And yeah, definitely one to look out for based on this demo. And you can wish list that on Steam. Um, and Matt, you played something completely, well, maybe not completely, but quite different, I believe. Uh, you played The Quiet Things at Adventure X. So tell us about this demo. Yeah, um, I think I ended up waiting about 20 minutes. For, was it worth it? <laughs> it was worth the wait. So The Quiet Things, uh, gameplay-wise, if, basically, if you think of Gone Home, it, in the first-person walking simulator where you interact with things, it's pretty much that kind of like gameplay mechanic but the idea being is that it's a kind of autobiographical um game narrative game based on the diary entries of the lead developer alex jones um she writes as a teenager and the basically idea that the story of the game is that it's covering a load of kind of issues to do with mental health uh so like suicide attempts trauma childhood abuse and a lot of these kind of like serious topics to um, link linked in with the diary entries that she wrote as a teenager and the demo kind of takes you jumps you through time a bit where you where you start as a kind of like uh the girl you plays alice and um you start uh, like as seven years years old walking around like walking around you get the you start to get the idea that that mommy's in a hospice for a terminal illness and then you jump to when they're a teenager, and then there's kind of references to references to like not very good relationships with her father and all kinds of other things. I don't really want to spoil, but mm. um, and like I mean, there's also like a the game starts with a completely third a third timeline, which um, involves like this kind of like frantic phone call that you pick up about a girl threatening to jump off a bridge, and and it kind of hooks you in very 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 well. And yeah, it's it's one of the things drew me into Gone Home, as well as the idea of walking simulators, is the ability to kind of explore an environment and craft the story from what you see and explore in the environment. And the, what the demo what the demo does in the space of about half an hour 
again and again another one where i realized that half an hour went by and didn't realize and i was like oh yeah that's how much i was involved into it is that you can kind of see changes in the physical space in the bedrooms to kind of get the passage of time there's the music fan in me absolutely loved kind of like fake kind of kind of fake parodies of the american idiot album and there's a, a black parade kind of spoof poster and stuff there's a festival as well like a festival poster as well um but you can kind of like there's an extra door with the names of you assume Alice's brothers there's a mysterious fourth name that appears on a wall at one point um photos change and photos change and as you interact you start to hear kind of voice snippets not just from Alice's diary but from other characters as well so you start to hear like Alice's dad you start to hear doctors talking about um like uh like like um therapy like therapy sessions and you just start to craft this idea of this story and everything and i'm a sucker for stuff like that i'm sucker trying mm. to like craft and try and work out stuff in different ways and yeah this drew me in this drew me in immediately and the it, it looks it looks really nice the 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 house is kind of got it kind of very kind of like fixed uh you're in the same place more than once but you the way it changes you can changes it's quite fun to explore what's different and craft and try and work out what's happening and yeah it's just i think it's going to be an interesting experience particularly if a you've either experienced something similar to what the characters are probably going through or perhaps you don't or perhaps new stuff of new stuff about the things mm. the game will explore i think it's going to be a, an interesting way to explore some like almost taboo subjects that people perhaps should be open more talking about more openly yeah this game seemed popular i didn't get a chance to play it because it was always uh busy uh people there's always a queue of people wanting to play this game i think i can see why now based on what you what you said um and yeah this c2 as you mentioned features some difficult topics and i and i know i spoke to some people last year as well who said there was some there was another game about um about a person with alzheimer's and they said they want to play that game because for them they think games should be fun and all that fair enough i you know but i don't really agree i think that games should have a right to talk about um topics like these as well uh so and i think it as you said matt it can help people as well or it can help us as well understand what other people might go through then. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Kieran or Lauren, have you played it? Did you play this demo at uh, yeah, uh, Adventure X? Um, yeah, what what Matt was just talking about there with the um, the environmental storytelling, I think I think is done beautifully because it it allows um, it allows it allows you reflect to reflect on how things within a lived environment can represent your experiences with them and and touch on certain memories which might linger longer than you want them to um and what the sort of associations that you might form with otherwise fairly uh fairly um nondescript objects um yeah it was it was really really done well yeah agree and i think it's like like you were saying um the, it's worth sort of highlighting again this is the developer's own experiences it's her mm. diary entries word for word she hasn't changed that um and there's even the pictures that you see in the game of of her mum it's it's her mum's pictures it's her family's pictures so she's really 
been quite brave in bringing yeah. you know a, a very obviously delicate story into um this sphere of everyone being able to play it so you know fair play yeah, and, yeah. you know the, the i you know the the quiet things the title is all about um the things that we write down but we don't say out loud um so it's it's just great that like you said there are these kind of games that are are willing to sort of broach these subjects which are very difficult um and do them in a sort of respectful way yeah. the the um both of the uh team that were there um, were actually back, uh, kind of mainly focused on sound design in the games industry and in the like whilst I was whilst I was, whilst I was waiting I was, <laughs> I was having conversations and I learned a lot about sound design <laughs> I learned a lot about sound design but and um that was just before I started playing it and so <laughs> I had that kind of in my head I was talking about it and like uh like the difference between footsteps going upstairs and downstairs and um just like how sound moves in a certain space and stuff and um one of the things that I think one of the things that kind of jumped out when I was looking about I had that in the back of my mind and I can kind of see well, well not see here because it's hearing um how that kind of like concepts were playing out. So you got like so a lot of the lead developers behind this have got a strong focus in sound design, in dialogue as well. So that focus is really kind of one of the key selling points I think to this game. So the the, the like the sound production and the voice acting and the writing um yeah it's one of I think one of the key selling points. So if that interests you as well Ooh. it's definitely a, a thing well, thing to yeah. go into. Cool. Well, I don't think there's a release date yet, at least on Steam it says it's coming soon, but I think it's probably another game that we'll probably be playing, some of us at least. So, um, um, yeah, that is the quiet things as well. Uh, so now so now on to our, sec our uh, second of the games that we wanted to talk about. Um, Laura, you spoke about uh, Air of the Dog. And uh, you also played Death of the Reprobrate, the latest game into Joe Richardson. I don't know if it's a trilogy because you you played you reviewed one of his previous games where you went on a killing spree, if I recall. Yes. Uh, oh, I did. I forgot about that. Yes, oh no, I, did. I, I think that said so much about you. But also, I think I would have done the same if I had played that game. So. Yes, Procession to Calvary. Oh, yes, is the, is the second in the triptych. In the oh, Immortal Dawn Triptych series. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, yes, there is a developer called Joe Richardson. He made uh, a, a first game called Four Last Things um, and then Proces Procession to Calvary. And this is the, the third and final in, in that triptych, Death of the Reprobate. And, and they're all sort of standalone games, but they have this character in them sort of loosely tying it together called Immortal John. Um, and in Death of the Reprobate, the sort of idea is, is that Immortal John is dying. And his son, as as his son, you rush to his side uh, to uh, try and uh, basically get his inheritance. And uh, it turns out that he doesn't really like you very much. He doesn't want to give away his money. But he says, well, if you do seven good deeds, kind of as opposed to seven deadly sins, then um, I'll, I'll give you my inheritance. And it's it's got this very whimsical, very bawdy, very silly style. Um, it, and you really need to sort of... Uh, 
look at, at the art of this to really get um, the sort of unique style of it. And it's it's what what Joe does is he takes real Renaissance paintings uh, and portraits and uh, then he animates them, basically. And he, he takes different characters from different paintings and, and, and puts it all together. And so you've got these really... Uh, beautiful looking uh, paintings which are animated with all this like very bawdy and and crude text and there's a lot of like disgusting imagery but it's all really funny and you know you could just tell he's having a hoot making all of this really um so it's all it's all very bizarre and very weird and there's all it feels very kind of monty python i think is is if you like that kind of thing it's definitely quite absurd and silly and quite british even though it's you know kind of renaissance paintings and yeah it's just good fun. If you liked either of the first two, you'll love this. I think when I spoke to him, he, he's putting a lot more effort into kind of the animation and the details in this. So whilst it's pretty much same kind of humor and, and style of the games, it's going to be a lot more detail. There's going to be lots more things you can, you know, interact with. Um, and so, yeah, that if you like the first two, you'll definitely like this. It, he, I think he was trying to make this shorter than Procession to Calvary, but I think it might end up being longer. And yeah, it's he he said it could be coming out next year, but then again he said that last year as well. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we shall see. Just one question. Did he finish the demo? Did <laughs> I did not because again it's quite a lengthy demo and I mm. know why you're gonna ask because you there's a there's a yeah. pu- puzzle, like a music puzzle. Yeah, I mean I I likewise I really enjoyed I love the look. I have not played the previous two games. Uh, again, mm. not I should say I it's kind of like to... a traditional sort of you kind of traditional point and click and right. you know 2d but you're moving you're moving throughout this these portraits and these landscapes so that's what makes it a bit more unusual but it, it is your typical you pick up items you interact with things and that kind of thing and talk to characters yeah, yeah no i was just curious because uh I've, i i discovered that there was a music puzzle in this game now i hate music puzzles i'm terrible at them now i believe when you go to when you go through the the village and you, you see other people playing music and the main character then goes dumpty dum, daddy da, laddy da. So I'm guessing that that will play a part in how to resolve the puzzle. Now, also, I think at an event like Adventure X, it's probably not the best setting to try and resolve a sound or music puzzle. So I don't know. I'm hoping that there is a way around it, that there is. There will be. And I think mm. that because with Procession to Cavalry, there were different ways you could do things. Like you said, you right. could just murder everyone if you wanted, which is <laughs> what I did. And it was great. But you could also like talk to people. And so, so I'm assuming there's going to be different ways of doing things. And and to be honest, knowing Joe uh, very briefly from just chatting with him at Adventure mm. X, that could that might not be even anything you have to solve. You That could just be a little side just thing there. that he's just thrown in just to confuse you and then <laughs> that you think this is a music puzzle that I have yeah. to solve yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's got that it's absurd humor uh, mm. and it, it looks really cool and it's just good fun yeah no it lo- looks fantastic and uh and yeah death of the reprobate and I believe the, the king is uh the father he was in the previous game I believe did he mention yeah, that Yeah so that is sorry yeah. I that is Immortal John that's the character so he's in the he's the main character in the first one he's kind of the baddie in the second one and then in the final one he's dying and you're his son and you want to nick his inheritance basically But but well I love the the beginning where you have to decide the uh, the punishment yeah. for the people coming in on a wheelbarrow <laughs> so um, so yeah, so as you said, c- coming whenever 
Whenever, probably whenever. whenever. I will say, yeah, with all of these, because I asked everybody when I I played most of the demos, and nearly everyone was like, yeah, probably 2024. (laughs) We shall see. Take all of these with a pinch of salt, I think, when people, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Well, thank you, Laura. And for something you think completely different to anything else, at least that I've ever played, uh, Kieran, you played a game called Direct Drive, which wasn't even on PC, I believe. Yes, this is on this is on the play date, um, and this is the first time I've ever been able to uh, to to play a play date. Um, so, what what is and... a play date? First of all, for people. Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, good. It's, 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 it's <laughs> what it's a, a play date. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what is your uh, definition of a play date? <laughs> well, I know I, I could describe like the plastic and stuff that I, I don't know. I think there's it's a company a, that makes it. Or... Yeah, it's Panic, uh, who if you know made Untitled Goose Game, and and so they it's quite a bespoke bit of gear really, and it's like this little yellow. It looks a bit like a Game Boy. I think it's a little bit it's smaller than a Game Boy, but it's a handheld device. But what's cool about it, it's got this little crank on the side, and that becomes. It is used quite a lot in the games and the idea with it is you buy the uh, handheld device this play date and um, the games that come with it all come out in seasons so you'll get there'll be like a I don't know 12 games that come out in one season and you play these games and they're normally quite short uh, games and, and it's all kind of um sort of it's not color it's not color graphics or anything like that it's very sort of eight bit black and white uh, but you know cool looking games quite retro looking um and yeah it's not you know you don't get like a little disc or anything to put it in it's all downloaded and it comes to, direct to your device i think that's the, well, the best yeah well th- th- thank yeah. you laura so I now Kieran, um, yes so <laughs> you know a lot about it already so I, so. I, I don't know i don't know how many how many um point click adventures are, are on this thing or maybe they may be crank crank and more crank and point and crank um so direct direct drive um this is a a sort of a silent movie uh story-based music game um it's in terms of in terms of the gameplay it's all just this sort of mini game using this crank you you try and get the crank to be at the correct timing the correct speed in order to match up with the music as it plays and other stuff happens on screen um but that's that's sort of secondary to this immersive world that you're thrown into in the, it's the sort of 1920s. It's got this very stylish um, jazz score. The um, and the, the story that plays out in between those mini games is is all around these um, uh, musicians who are trying to make it big. The soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Um, and the sound design as well, bringing in the little vinyl scratches and everything is is really beautiful. And then the um, the dialogue is all performed is is all done with this um, uh, like the the text um, like silent movie uh, text screens that come up. Um, and whenever that happens, you get the little screen crackle and pops that you would expect from when you're watching a silent film so it's it's really beautiful it's incredibly immersive surprisingly immersive for what really did feel like a game boy screen um and i just had a great time with it it was just really fun yes certainly very very different matt you're uh, you're into music you have your own music podcast so what what do you think of this game as someone who knows music <laughs> 
Well, I come to this not even seen or heard of the play date, so I thought it was just some sort of emulation device because they didn't have a PC to or a laptop to put it on. So I, I didn't, I never knew about this the play date until like afterwards. I was, no, 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 it was designed for this thing. I was like, oh, okay, to the point where it took me a while because I failed the first two, and then I didn't realise there was a crank on the side of it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't either. It's quite embarrassing. And the developer didn't tell me, oh, no, you pulled the crank. Ah, okay. But yeah, but in terms of the kind of the musical content of it, um, I wasn't expecting that quality of music to come out of that device. Um, And again, chatting to the developer, the developer was saying, yeah, like no one expects that level of quality of the music. So it's like, um, I would say CD quality, but it's got it's, it sounds like it's from the 1920s and i think particularly the interesting part of the design of the game is that when you start the when you move moving the crank the actual audio track that plays um you're supposed to try and keep it at a steady rhythm and try and match you have to kind of try and keep the singer in line with the music if you start going too fast the the music moves with the speed that you're cranking the cranking the crank which sounds really, really rude when I say that later. Um, crank, crank, crank. That's for a different play date, but um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but oh, the, but, but the same, the same design of that part was really good, and you can't. It's really good because I like uh, at some point, some point I started kind of speed cranking the crank faster, and. Um, yeah, we can't be got... trusted. We can't be trusted with crank-based <laughs> games. It turns out <laughs> you, you crank faster and the voice goes squeaky. But uh, um, but no. But like yeah, the speed music would speed up and like if you're going too slow, uh, if you're cranking too slow, you'd be uh, you start to hear like the the vocal sounds going slower and slower. But um, but then you got the ability to listen to the music in the game as it's supposed to be as well and. Um, I couldn't remember whether it was rec- whether the actual recordings or stuff des- designed for the game. I couldn't remember. I can't remember if it was specifically recorded for that or if it's actual recordings from like several I think like, decades ago. It might ago. be for the game. I can't because yeah, it, it's uh, the, all original. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, I think it's, yeah. So it's the amount of like <laughs> amount of like work put into this. I think is really really impressive, and I really quite enjoyed it. And the kind of like story and story I thought was. It was developing was quite interesting i think there's there's this kind of weird um like record label executive who in my head looks like sid from final fantasy 4 um with like big bushy beard and glasses and stuff but um yeah i i, I really kind of enjoy i really quite enjoyed it um i think the only drawback of it is i don't know if i would actually get a play date um i think that's the only drawback on it yeah. Um. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'm invested that much into actually mm. having to get the hardware to play it, but uh, it's an experience I really enjoyed, and I wish I could have played more. Played more cranking the crank. <laughs> yeah, to crank the, crank the crank. Yeah, certainly I was cranking the crank, uh, <laughs> a lot. And as you say, you have to kind of uh, speed up, slow down when you're cranking the crank. There. Eventually, <laughs> uh, I think we got to the rhythm. <laughs> Yeah, but and also, oh. also remember, always crank the crank safely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, because it kind of hurts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so this was what was the name of the game again? Direct Drive on the play date where we had to crank the crank. All right, uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God. Anyway, yes, so that is on the play date if you have one, if you want one. Um, so thank you for that. So now for something completely different. Um pre-played, everybody loves dinosaurs, right? Uh and one of the games that I enjoyed uh was um Zid Journey, and this was the sequel to Zniff. How do you say S-S-N-I-W. Zniff, I think, yeah. Yeah, which we we reviewed or you reviewed on the podcast a couple of years ago, uh the uh, game before that um and uh, this now i i liked the first one but you know i think that this had certain improvements certainly with the walking speed it didn't seem like it was as slow to get from one end to the other i think that developers have improved on that and this was quite uh i really enjoyed uh this demo it's the one demo that i actually finished um i would say because it's short enough it's about 15 20 minutes so you play as zid who is um yellow dinosaur and he finds this egg, and it turns out it's a little carnivore dinosaur in it. And then you want to reunite him with his parents now and try not to get eaten along the way. And in the game, uh, so some puzzles you have to try and cross on a boat. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah, just go with it. A boat uh, in, in this game, but you have to solve some puzzles. And interestingly, this uh, little dinosaur who's in your uh, backpack, um, he can help you resolve some puzzles. So towards the end of the demo, I had to get him to find an object. And uh, and yeah, it, it was quite, again, the animations are absolutely beautiful. I love the animations. They're really, really talented animators um, from Azure Mountain. Uh, I really, really loved it. And I thought the game was very, very charming. And the puzzles, I mean, for experienced adventure game players, it probably won't pose a huge challenge, but I, I'm not great at puzzles. So it took me quite a while uh, to uh, solve the last puzzle, but the developers were there, and they just told me you have everything you need. Um, and uh, I, I just I found very very charming, and I thought, yeah, definitely this. Uh, it's, it's point and click. Um, there's dialogue, some I think really good characters. It is really nice characters. Uh, and uh, yeah, and no, Laura, you played this after me. Um, what what did you think? Did you what did, what was your opinions on this demo yourself? Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, again, if you like the original, it's still got the the charm of the sort of, it looks like a Saturday morning cartoon you might see. Mm. Uh, it's got that kind of 90s uh, hand-drawn style. Um, I And again, I agree. I thought it's interesting. They kind of added a bit more of the puzzles. So at certain points, like you say, you're going to have to switch to this other uh, little hatchling and, and they've got a different set of skills again where, you know, they can only pick up at one item at a time, but it can sniff and things like that. There's a lot of, there's all this kind of swapping between uh, things that is going on in in uh, adventure games at the moment, swapping between characters for different abilities. But yeah, I think it, it's more of the same. Like you said, they've, they've helped with the, the walking speed. The one thing I wasn't as sure about in the original as well was the, that limited inventory. And I think mm. they've, it looks like they've done away with that as well. Oh, that's and good. Like, <laughs> like you say, yeah, it looks beautiful, and it's and they've got the Dinopedia again, which I really enjoyed, yes. which is all the all the like uh, very well researched facts about the dinosaurs that you meet along the way, and you can really actually learn quite a lot <laughs> when when you play the game. So I'm glad that makes a return as well. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So that is Zid journey and it looks really cute i think this could be a game you could play with your kids as well they might need some help with some of the puzzles but um uh certainly a very very charming game and um certainly if the demos anything to go by 
Um, also, it's little things that I liked as well that you know he's kind of like a kleptomaniac as well. But he, you have to distract a character and get his hatchet, but you give it back, um, which I liked as well. And the developers told me that for them it was uh, important that he give the objects back, kind of to set a good example uh, to to kids. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so very much liked it. Um, yeah, it's coming soon. Uh, we shall see when it will be released. And um, so, Matt, then you um, you played a game as well. Uh, you played a demo, an updated demo of Foolish Mortal. I can only say it in 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 that tone. Uh, so, what did you think of Foolish Mortals? That's not going to be annoying, annoying at all. Mm. But well, well, Foolish Mortals was um, immediately jumped out at me, and I was um, I. Spoke to developers David and Sophie Younger, um, uh, which at, which you may hear at some point when I get around to editing them. Um, <laughs> oh yes, I forgot to mention that. So I, I did go around interviewing a bunch of developers. So hopefully at some point when I get a chance to edit them, you'll be hearing them on the Adventure Game Podcast. Um, yeah, so I spoke to um, I think it's Sophie and uh, David on on the Saturday, and but didn't actually get around to playing it on the Sunday because every time I was Every time I walked past, there was some person on it, which was really, which was really inconsiderate for mm-hmm. the nice people at Venture X. Um, <laughs> um, but I finally got to play. It. I think I was, I was actually in a in a chat with Sosia and I think uh, Frederick Olson from the Bassett Designers, um, and I could see. And I was like, I did make, I made an offhanded comment that I was keeping an eye on the uh, on the computer, and it was free. I'm like, sorry, I've got to go. <laughs> I just darted over to play it. But anyway, Foolish Mortals. Um, like set in 1933 uh, on a place called Devil's Rock off the coast of Louisiana. Um, you play Murphy McCallan, who I, th- I can't remember exactly what his job is. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly why he's there, but um, he's on this island and he's involved in this investigation of this wedding party who of this like of this um, of this family that owns a uh, this business on this island, uh, the shipping business, and this wedding party just vanished completely without a trace. Um, and you basically just going around trying to work out what happened. And one of the big selling points, I think one of the big selling points that drew me was the art style. Was the art style? It looks absolutely stunning. I think it might be, it might have been for me the best looking game, Adventure X. Um, when I, and when I was talking to David and Sophie, um, but basically they were saying, "Oh yeah, so we we went when they went down to kind of think of the game. They had the character designs of Broken Sword with the backgrounds of Blood Island from Curse of Monkey Island." And as soon as I saw that, and as soon as like the Blood Island kind of thing come in, and Curse of Monkey Island being my favourite uh, like adventure game of all time, I was like, "Yep, I'm completely sold." And I was just like watching people play it and. The, the art style, the backgrounds are absolutely stunning. And if you've not seen any photos of it or images of the game, please do, because it's it's absolutely gorgeous. The um, And, yeah, the the character designs are really smooth. Um, they kind of have that kind of, like, 90s Broken Sword style, but there's a kind of almost, like, smoothness, like, a six, like almost 60 frames per second smoothness to all the animations and everything, which uh, kind of, like, Kind of improves on the kind of like perhaps slightly jerky nature of perhaps older animated games, but 
Yeah, um, that kind of drew me in. And from what I was, and from what I can gather as well, is that I think all the, all the puzzles are kind of a bit like inventory puzzles, more or less. So, which probably means that there's probably going to be not going to be that many or at all logic puzzles in the finished game. So, so perhaps no music puzzles for you. Hopefully, <laughs> so hopefully yeah. not. Hopefully, no logic <laughs> puzzles or. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, the but yeah the. It, there's a, when I, I play I played the demo I, I didn't finish the demo because I got to a point where I realized I was playing the demo for 35 minutes and I was like okay I need to <laughs> I might need to um have a break for now but um when I got back I immediately downloaded the demo on steam so I don't know if it's going to be a slightly different demo that was Adventure X but um yeah I kind of wanted to finish it and it yeah so it it is that kind of classic adventure game like I don't want to say traditional but because I think the, the word traditional is kind of like, kind of evolved over time. But from it's got that '90s feel to it. Um, very, very broken swordish. Um, so if you're, if yeah, so it's that kind of thing. Um, the, you go around talking to the characters. The characters have all kind of quirky, got their own kind of um, quirks and foibles and stuff. There's, um, I really hope that the major D at the sailing club becomes to an absolute horrible death because he's one of the most. <laughs> Because they do a really good job of making you hate this person, um, but yeah, it's got that just kind of like classic kind of feel. So if if people if people are kind of, I think it will cater to people that kind of love the genre, but perhaps also to the traditionalists who perhaps crave mm. a more a more old style kind of game. I don't want to say retro because it doesn't feel retro at all. Yeah, but it will play like. There's always something Ron Gilbert when he created uh Thimblewee Park said that he wanted the game to feel like the memory of you playing the games rather than actually be those kind of games. And I think Foolish Mortals um has that kind of mindset behind it. So it feels like you're playing a game from the nineties, but with kind of modern technology behind it. And yeah, I just I just fell in love with it. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to. I played the previous version, and they they told me that they updated uh, some things as well, so new animations, and I believe might be some new puzzles in that as well. But uh, yeah, definitely, it's it looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, Tanya Riari did some the background. Uh, I may have got her name wrong. Apologies. She also worked on Broken Sword Five um, as well. So uh, definitely a lot of talent there, and it, it as you say, it looks fantastic. Uh, so let's hope it can it can meet the expectation. Then a lot of developers, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, this is Broken Sword meets Bucky Island." But in this case, as you mentioned, Matt, they said that it's a character design is based on you know kind of similar to Broken Sword, and the backgrounds are like uh, they've taken inspiration from the Curse of Monkey Island, uh, Blood Island. So I think uh, we shall see if the game will live up to those heights. But uh, did you guys play the demo there at Adventure X, uh, Kieran? Did you you play it? Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought it's interesting what you're saying about puzzles as well, Matt. Because um, I was talking um, with uh, David about it, and um, a very very interesting thing that they've done is um, brought out this this book um, mm -hmm. for I think the the, the Kickstarter backers um, on various classifications of puzzles in adventure games. I think they've got something like eighty or ninety different types of puzzles which can appear. Um, in adventure games and they've got ex explanations and examples and so they very 
clearly very carefully thought about the puzzles in this game and the puzzle variety in this game. And as such, when you play it, it doesn't feel like it's just a series of, oh, just keys and locks everywhere and you're doing the same thing over and over. It, it did already feel like a very varied experience. And I imagine the full game will be the same thing, um, which is very interesting. I think, yeah, again, for me, I, I played a bit of this demo and then I played it um, back home as, as well. Um, it, they're they're an, another group of people who I think, a bit like Tom, you know, are making these kind of tr traditional point-and-click adventure games, but modernizing the, the art and the style of it and the UI as well. You know, they make it all very clean. There's, you know, there's not necessarily... Well, you know, in, in Tom Hardridge's game, there are kind of like verbs and things like that that you use, but it's simplified. It's it's made a lot more uh, easier and cleaner, cleaner for the uh, audience to use. But, you know, and they're also doing it in a very witty or interesting style. And, uh, you know, I think and they just get it as well. And both of them, you know, I've, haven't made many games. In fact, like you said, with Foolish Mortals, this is their first game which is amazing, you Ooh. know, you, you know, they, and it's just like, wow, how are you this good <laughs> at doing well, this? It's just, just incredible. Yeah. There's, there's a kind of, you can kind of like a weird kind of succession thing where you feel like uh, the Toy Story, tall, tall story games feel like the kind of successes or kind of, you can feel the evolution of the LucasArts styles, whereas like fo with Foolish Mortals, there's a lot of revolution. Yeah, in Foolish Mortals, well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and like also like also like British developers, <laughs> um, British developers from like um, creating these kind of games as well. It's it's nice it's 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 nice to know it's nice to know that you've got kind of like developers that are paying tribute and advancing exactly That's the... as well in um in in a, in a genre that apparently is dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, still I saw that comment on Instagram. Uh, which again ugh, anyway but uh yeah no i think i think they're doing the right i mean there's no right or wrong way but i agree with how they're going about things uh tom hardwich and the developer and the hero of foolish mortals they um yeah taking inspiration from the classics but modernizing these games as well um so the, on the steam page they said that they have um a two button interface double click uh exits optional hotspot highlighting and a built-in hint system and i know traditional adventure game fans don't generally like hotspot highlighting or built-in hint system but my if it if they're optional my answer is just don't use them if you really want the experience of uh, adventure games from the 90s just don't use them and also i played phantasmagoria which was released in 1995 and guess what that had an inbuilt hint system so <laughs> dark <laughs> room beckons <laughs> so you know when when developers say we want to make games exactly as they were in the 1990s there was a variety of adventure games back then including games that had easier puzzles and in-game hint system as well um so yeah i i agree i think uh, give more options to people let people play the game the way that they want to play I think if you want to play with um, no hints, no hotspot highlight, I don't think they should be uh, intrusive either. I don't think they should be there because I know that's the opposite problem where hint systems are flashing at you. I don't think that should be the case either. But definitely, yeah, this game, like the others we mentioned, uh, looks fantastic. And yeah, hopefully 20, the developers told me 2024 they expect this game to be released but you know these things take time so we shall 
uh, we shall see. And there are plenty of other demos that were at some of them are uh, tracks. Some of these are available online as well. I will put a link to the Adventure X website so you can see all the uh, exhibitors and all the games there as well. Um, so anything else you guys would like to mention briefly before we speak briefly about the talks or some of the talks? Um, it's just a shame that we couldn't, we're not going to be able to spend a lot more stuff on other games as well. Um, yeah, there pl- yeah, there's several other games which are also very, very good, but this is a taste of what, yes. and again, if we didn't mention other games, it's not that we didn't like them, but it was not enough time. Yeah, uh, I just want to, I, I quickly want to quickly, uh, yeah, I just want to briefly share HRO, which I've not, I bought, I've bought, but I've not played yet. Um, Asterism that I really quite liked, Octopus City Blues that I remember playing as well, uh, Vegamon Starship. Um, Clem, just all games that yeah. I remember playing. I I managed to don't play, but um, just game just because of time. Just yeah, the, 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 uh, the games have to go through a rigorous process. There are several people uh, for Adventure X who decide which are the because they had a lot of people sending in their demos and games, uh, and these were considered the best ones from the Adventure X team. So it's not like just not any demo mm-hmm. will is accepted. So. Yeah, everything's pretty good. Um, everything's worth checking out. So if um, yeah, if if you're listening to this, if you check um, the, just the website, the the Adventure Expo dot org, um, and have a have a look through the whole list of it, ex- exhibitors, there's there's a good twenty, maybe more than twenty there. Um, and so the, there's definitely something you'll find to be excited about. Yeah, cool. Uh, so now before we finish, there were some talks and some speakers over those two days, uh, the Saturday and the Sunday. So I know we went to a few of those talks. So did, uh, did any talks or anything stand out for you guys? Nah. No, none of the, any (laughs) panel, I don't know. No, I heard, I heard that there was one panel and I believe the main draw for people was the moderator. That, oh, the Adventurous know. Tavern, you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. The King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, he was great. good. He was pretty Alistair good. Beckett yeah, King. they're yeah. pretty good. There was another one who believed that, I mean, Alistair Rebecca King, you know, he's, he's fine. But I believe there's another panel where the moderator had, I believe he had natural charisma just oozing out of him. Uh, yeah, imagine Boy, having that vision there. <laughs> I think he wants to get yeah. that checked. Yeah, yeah, I know and, it's a, it's a yeah, kind after, of an illness. And, that. Yeah, and and after that one was the one that you hosted. <laughs> oh yeah, then it was you, was it, Shosha? <laughs> oh yes. No, by the way, the one that Alistair uh, hosted uh, at the end on Sunday was was really good. Um, and, and again, you know, Alistair could do this in his sleep. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I had a panel. Very briefly, I mentioned I had a panel with. Uh, uh, Dave Gilbert, Tony Warriner, um, Charlotte Sutherland, and Tom Harwich, who, who we mentioned uh, as well. And the topic was how to survive at the solo dev, old and new. And thankfully, I don't think it was a disaster. It went went well, thankfully. Now, mainly because of them. They were fantastic. Um, and Tom Harwich, who we mentioned, was uh, dressed as one of the, char- the characters in his game. And this was being streamed live, and my parents were watching. I don't know anything about uh, adventure games, but my mother's comments were, uh, she said to me that I was very good, which naturally, you know, she would say that she's my mother. And then she said, and the man in the funny hat was also very funny. Who <laughs> so, was Tom Hardwich. Who was Tom Hardwich, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he was quite chuffed. He said, yeah, he's made it now that uh, my mom... <laughs> 
Like but, I mean, yeah. So Shorsha's panel and and he was asking his panel. You said Tom Tom Hardwich, uh, Dave Gilbert. Um, you, you you were asking your panel what it's like to be a, a Southern developer, wasn't it? Like you said, so yes. like Charlotte Sutherland as well. Um, Lord Winklebottom investigates. Yes, yeah, and, uh, yeah. They they all spoke, and I thought they all gave very. They all spoke. Good... Yeah, yeah. No, because <laughs> that... they all said words. They all said words. That's the important thing. And uh, yeah, I thought they gave gave a very good variety of answers. Um, that. Uh, and the people seem to uh, developers told me afterwards that they found uh, interesting and useful. So, um, um, and were there any any other talks that you guys went to? Kieran, you went to a few talks, I believe. Was there any um, one or anything that stood out for you? Yeah, there were there were a whole a whole bunch of um, really interesting talks um, that can be now uh, watched on the on the AdventureX YouTube um, channel. I think maybe you also can, Twitch or, or maybe you can wa- yes, you can watch them all, which I will include um, links to. And but but one in particular, which I thought was absolutely sparkling, um, was a, a talk called "The Western Origins of Japanese Detective Games." Um, this was only a half hour long talk. But wow, I could have I could have listened to several hours of this stuff. There there were so many little details and so many little aha moments um, connecting um, the Western origins of, of, of detective fiction with um, Sherlock Holmes and, and Edgar Allan Poe and and, and uh, all these sorts of um, writers and characters, and then moving for, moving to through. Uh, Japanese um, fiction, and then into games like um, uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, all that, all that um, sort of stuff. And there are so many little details that you might not pick up on, uh, but then when when she's presenting it there on on in the in the talk, really does blow your mind. Um, if you you watch te- ten minutes of this, guaranteed you'll you'll follow it through to the end, and then wish it had gone on for several hours longer. It really is a, a wonderful talk. Yeah. Um, uh, any other talks, uh, Laura? Did you see any talks, any other talks that you particularly liked there? So I just I just saw you. I'm such a big fan of your show. Just Shia. mine. Oh, just thank you, Laura. Um, <laughs> and it was great to see. I, I was I was thinking, who else was on Shorsha's panel? Of course, Tony Warner as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've not really him. seen he's... him chat. He's he's very, he's a very dry kind of Yes, he's very quiet. He's very guy. to the point. Um, um, whereas D- D- Dave and uh, Tom in particular, <laughs> Tom will talk. is so different. It's so funny. They talk yeah. a lot, and then um, and then Charlotte, and then there's I think there was one answer where how do you know get funding, and then they all gave you know uh, I think a few minutes uh, answering, and then Tony just had a, a what is it a three word answer <laughs> um, that uh, but yeah they, uh, he it's great to hear from him as well and. Um, also, Charles Speaker Tony Warner, Charles Cecil was there as well. I particularly enjoyed that talk, not just because it's Charles Cecil about for Broken Sword, but it was interesting. Uh, first of all, the feedback that Revolution got on Revolution from younger gamers and how the changes that they are making to and the, the difference in feedback uh, for uh, making this their games, you know, more fun and enjoyable for a you know a young young players today. And there's a very nice comment that one of them made to Charles and to revolution that he said uh something along the lines of oh it's like i've discovered games for the first time again uh which is you know quite nice and so i had to think any developers making i uh, wanting to make point to click adventure games i would really recommend 
watching Charles Cecil talk as well on how to modernize point and click adventure games, but still keep them point and click. Um, and he also spoke about an in-game hint system and um, the benefits and the drawbacks of that. And uh, yeah, Francisco Gonzalez gave a talk. I didn't get to see that because uh, I was playing a game and I uh, they closed the doors to, or they closed the doors so I couldn't get in. But I heard that that was good as well. Alexander Premack gave a talk. Chella Ramanan, who made the Wind, Windrush Tales. So quite a lot. And all of this will be on uh, the Adventure X uh, YouTube channel. And we will share links as well. All the talks are available in one stream now, but they will, I believe they will be available over the next few weeks and months, just one talk at a time. So so that is our Adventure X 2023 special. Will, will you guys go again next year? If Hopefully it'll continue next year. Of course. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll go again, Matt, uh, after the first time, now that we've got you in. Yeah, um, part of, well, I had work on the Monday, so I didn't get home to the like, like half ten in the evening. So potentially might just go for the one day next year, but uh, depending on how I feel. But um, yeah, I'm I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it. Definitely want to go again. Yeah, lovely, lovely experience. So once again, huge thank you to Amy, Tom, Alistair, and all the volunteers for making it such a wonderful uh, event. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we'll be back. Some of us or whoever will, uh, will be back coming up to Christmas. So I presume, um, I'm talking about, uh, what games, uh, we'll be coming, talking about our favorite adventure games of the year very soon. Um, but, uh, are you guys playing anything in particular? Um, uh, Kieran, are you playing any adventure game now at the moment before we finish up? Um, uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not currently. Oh, um, wow. yeah, I, uh... <laughs> what? Okay, I, um... <laughs> you've run out of them. You've run out of games. You've played them all, haven't well, you? I, I don't know if I was a bit, a bit adventured out from adventure, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe no, a bit I'm, of a break. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not currently playing anything. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll hear from you what you will be. Hopefully, you will be back playing adventure games at some point. Well, I, I haven't <laughs> haven't given up for good. Okay. <laughs> unless uh, is it unless is this one of those things where like when people say, "Oh, what is it that you'll tweet um, if you are captured by uh, like captured <laughs> by terrorists and you had to tweet one thing and then tweet, oh yeah, uh, yeah I'm, tweet I'm, one thing. I'm just I'm just looking at the latest Call of Duty at the moment. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Save Kieran. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Laura, are you playing anything? Are you still on Baldur's Gate 3? Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm still playing that. Um, what else am I playing? Still playing Stasis Bone Totem as well. I need to finish that off. Oh, maybe. yeah, I want to play that as well. Mm. Uh, cool. And Matt, are you, play, are you all adventured out after Adventure X? Are you back uh, playing anything? No, actually, I think because I ended up like <laughs> getting a bunch of stuff from Steam, um, <laughs> alongside the games I still haven't finished yet because I'm, I'm about. I've only played like I've got like half an hour of do where's my beard that I've gotten into. But um yeah, I ended up playing I ended up getting HRO um after playing it Adventure X. Um which I haven't started yet. I think Plot of the Druid who were supposed to yes. um, exhibit, but they couldn't for they obvious couldn't make reasons, it. yeah. Yeah, they couldn't make it. Um so I, I ended up I've started I've started playing that as well. Um and uh, also Lord Winterbottom, Winklebottom. I've Yes. I got that as well. So I've played. I've started. Pl- so I've played like the first half an hour of all these games. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
So, and it says you have a lot of them uh, at the same time. Well, I finished uh, Stray Gods, which overall I enjoyed. I'll be doing a full review on that. And uh, playing as well The Will of Arthur Flemington, but completely stuck on it. Uh, it's a very difficult game, very challenging game. But um, I now play some Christmas games. I'm playing Azazel's Christmas Fable, and uh, I hope to play Lake Season's Greeting, the DLC Ooh, from yeah. Lake. I want to play that. Yes, yeah, that's coming oh, I out really soon. wait to yeah. play this. Um and and yeah, so we will be back uh, very quickly on the Adventure Games podcast. I can talk about this now. Uh, I have um, a new uh, mini series from the Adventure Games podcast, Winter Odyssey: Journey Through the Cold, where I'm going on a virtual journey through to some of the coldest and most remote locations in the world through adventure and narrative games. So we're going to the Arctic and Canada and Antarctic, and I basically talk about uh adventure narrative games set in those locations so it might create a nice list of games for people to play from the comfort of your own home uh we're on patreon as well if you wanted to support us you can also leave us reviews um you know the drill um and yeah i think that's it um I think uh yeah we're still over an hour but not two hours this time um <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah so i'll be talking to you guys very very soon uh anything else you guys would like to mention before we finish up or oh yes i, I mean i don't want to be the only one of us that didn't say foolish mortals <laughs> oh there, you so go. there we Good. go there we go that's uh yes. that's checked well, off the list um actually if i wanted to if i wanted to point out a couple of like little kind of small highlights um that probably aren't game or demo related um like like meeting the space quest historian and frederick olsen from mm. uh backseat designers um i had a very quite a, a quite lengthy chat with uh frederick that i think so she knew yeah we were there as well, as well yeah yeah talking about podcast talking about podcasting and the nature of podcasting in general um, fascinating i'm sure for a lot of yeah. people for us it was actually yeah. fascinating also, yeah yeah also managed to tell tiny warner that um whenever whenever I, anything's like not broken or i come up something i end up quoting gilbert lamp from beneath still sky saying it's not bloody working <laughs> foreman pots <laughs> so i remember so i tell that to one of the guys behind the game um yeah and um <laughs> yeah and kieran's involved in this one and um, when i went to go speak to the developers at cabernet um, i said i was on the adventure game uh adventure game podcast and he goes oh yeah we spoke to you and i went oh you did speak to me i'm not the irish one <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Kieran somehow managed to hear me through uh well you're playing HRO just looked at me and went not the Irish one <laughs> <laughs> yeah Brit, you you Brits are a minority on this podcast now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh anyway well thank you so much everyone for joining me Matt Kieran and Laura and um well we can sure we'll be chatting Laura you're on Twitch uh, you'll be, I'm sure, speaking to some legend of the industry and playing some games, uh, <laughs> playing Baldur's Gate again. And, uh, <laughs> and and also, Matt, you have your own Ask Us About Loom podcast. Go check that out. And yes, Kieran, you're, on, you're on loyal of, to this podcast. Yeah. I must point out, on the day of on the day of recording, in about two days' time, there's a, another episode coming out and featuring some weird moderator. of uh, Oh, that, of, uh, yeah, that, that guy. Weird guy. Yeah, about yeah. Bob's Barrow. I don't yes. think we liked that game very much, did we? <laughs> I don't know. You, need to, you have to listen to find out. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much, guys. We'll be here plenty more from us and from the podcast. We'll be back with reviews and with uh, interviews uh, with developers as well. So, uh, well, Thomas isn't here. So does anybody want to say the line? I think we should all say it together. Okay. So three, two, one. 
keep, keep on, on questing. questing. But that was amazing. That was. That worked so well. <laughs> If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you